that his timing is always so perfect. And as our youth were at Youth for the Nations in Dallas, Texas, whoop, whoop, man, I, I started following YFN on Instagram and I got to see a lot of the stuff that they were doing and if you're on Instagram, go and go and look back at week three was their their time that they were there. And just even getting to see some of the um, videos and the sermons and the the uh, the encounters and the worship, I just got excited as well. Um, I know it's nothing compared to being there. And so I had asked this morning if Pastor Matt, Pastor Allison, if they would just come up and just share just a, a brief uh, little thing about what... Um, what went down and, and all the goodness. I like the shirts. Is that was the shirts? Give us the nations. Woo! Let me see the back. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you guys, uh, you guys sent them to, I guess you would call it camp, but that's not really what they went to. They went to a place where the atmosphere is there that it was prepared for them to have encounters, not just one, but encounters with the holy God. Like, I mean, there is no way to really describe it. Uh, I'm not going to name any names or tell anyone's like what they actually went through. If they want to share, that is their testimony. They can share. I can just tell you what we got to witness. Uh, so you guys had a great word that happened Wednesday uh, and you guys got up here and, you know, everybody got uh, prayed over and anointed. Uh, it's really funny because we watched what Joel had preached on. We watched it yesterday and I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Uh, our Wednesday service was somewhat similar. Uh, the lady that was supposed to uh, speak was a lady that deals in the prophetic really well. Um, so after the four hours of worship, we... Uh, <laughs> that's not a joke. I'm being serious. After four hours of worship, uh, they had made a... They called it a fire tunnel. And so they got all of their staff, plus every minister that was there, to get up on the stage. And they sent every single student through that line to just get prayed over. And I'm just going to tell you that they thought it was pretty cool to see how many people hit the floor. Um, They were not prepared for that. Uh, The camp director had never seen anything like that. This week was unlike anything they had really seen. Um, The hunger in you guys' youth is just incredible. And it was not even just them, but during that service, after they got ministered over and knocked out in the Holy Spirit, some of them four, five, six, they don't even know how many times. Um... (laughs) And like, like just to paint a picture, like their stage is, is, is longer than the front to the back here. And they had staff that were lined up on both sides all the way across. And they had two lines that they had. They had people that were going through the middle. And they had an entire crew of people dedicated to just pulling out the ones that fell so that the ones behind them could go and just keep going. Like I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is literally what happened. So four hours before all of them went through. And that was the first thing that happened after worship. I mean, it was incredible. After that, our students went and they started praying over people. And it was in that moment that they started to see really the glory of God. And we had students that went to pray over people. And all of a sudden, they were like, I saw everything they went through. And as soon as I put my hand on them, I saw God come in. And it just took them out of darkness. Like they saw the darkness. And as soon as they touched them, they saw the light like go into them. And, and so it was really cool to see gifts of prophet, uh, like prophetic gifts just come forth and to do that. They got delivered. They got set free from some stuff. I mean, they are they are pretty incredible, and they had some really amazing encounters where God just came in and it really just became real to them. They want truth. This generation wants the truth, and they don't want to see just, well, we go to church because why? No, they want to see what, what does God do? How does God show up? What does he look like? And they got to see just one small part of that, 
and that's activated something on the inside of them. And I think this school year will be different. I think they're going to be different. That God absolutely changed their life the, the entire week. I mean, it was something that you just really, just to watch it was incredible. But to be a part of it was even better. Like, I mean, it was, it was amazing. There's really no way to describe it. And so thank you guys for trusting us with your kids. No one died at Six Flags. We had a good time. <laughs> Do you want to add anything? Uh, well, the the director at YFN, his whole thing, his whole, like, uh, every time we had a session, he just said his memo was... Uh, you had to be there. I mean, he didn't want to do a lot of it live streaming. Usually every year they have live streaming thing. He said he was so intent and intentional about this week that he knew that it was just, you had to be there. It was an experience. It was an encounter. You had to be there. Every session it was, you had to be there. And so it, it was just, it was really, oh, it was beautiful. The best part to me was the Thursday, the following day, those students, Went on their own. No leaders, no pastors were there. They went back after lunch. And they didn't want to do nations games, the fun stuff. They went back to go praise Jesus and pray over people. They did that on their own. Nobody told told them to. They showed us the video in our, our sessions. I was like, that's our kids. That's our kids. They're wanting to do something, and we didn't have to tell them. So it was a blessing to be a part of that. You've got some good kids. Yeah, I mean, he literally said, they came into our session, and he said, look, he said, you know, I've been directing this thing. He's been there for a while. And he said, one of my goals was always the, the Nations games, which the Nations that are on our back, uh, each each student that went was put onto, yeah, they were put on a nation, and, and for the week when they played games and whatnot, they competed as that nation against the other nations that were there, which is kind of like if you go to youth camp, any youth camp I've ever been to, that almost is like the forefront of the camp. Like, it, it, it doesn't seem like it should be, but it seems to take even precedence over that. Like, you want to talk about Nations games, and they're all, they're all excited about it and whatnot. But he said his goal was to have that. He was like, I really want to see sometime that they don't even go to the Nations games, that they just stay and they do that. And so, like, the entire camp, those kids were so hungry. It wasn't just our kids. Our kids were part of it, but it was everybody that was there their hunger was so good all the leaders were in their own session the pastor of the camp it was other leaders that they had and staff members that were there to minister to them as they began to see the hunger they brought them back and they did they skipped the nation's games which has never happened until that week that was the first time that's ever happened they skipped their games didn't care about who was winning the nation's games just because they wanted to encounter god that's the hunger of this generation Amen, amen. You know, I know my prayer for um, the MOVE students came from my own personal experience as a young person at camp. And uh, my bestie is here uh, this weekend, Miss Laura Baker. And, and uh, her husband, Philip, uh, and I were at a youth camp when we were teenagers. And we had an encounter with God, young people. There was this group of us that the Holy Spirit fell and called us in that moment. And I'm here to tell you that those group of people that were in attendance that night are in full-time ministry all over the world, making a difference for the kingdom. And that was one of my prayers that when our students went, that God would just show up and that he would separate 
and call this generation to not only impact Minden, but come on, impact the nations. Amen. And that we get to be a part of seeing the seeds that have been sown in through move and then coming in through alive and through our pastors and through our leadership and in powerhouse that we get to see, man, something that is eternal. Amen. And that's something just to shout about. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, uh, I, I, I want to just briefly, uh, release a word this morning that the, that, that Father God put into my heart this week that I really want you to, uh, Prepare yourself this morning for a cultural change. I think that we have all been looking for something that's been lacking, something that we need, Father, something that the Father needs to, to download in us. And this word began to, to, to pour into me that was just to press in. And I think that what Matt and Allison were talking about was these students had the opportunity this week to press in. To press into his presence. Amen. To, to, to really get close to what God's doing. To really lean in and pursue passionately, fervently. Come on, having a thirst, having a hunger, having a desire, having a persistent, insistent, urgent, constant, active presence in their life that is drawn like a magnet. To the Father. And what I want to release this morning is this idea of pressing in. There's a picture that I have that I, that I wanted to, to show of the fire wall. Can you put that picture that I, I sent up there? Oh, it's kind of really blurry. It's kind of hard to see. Maybe with some of the lights on it. Um, if you can, I know it's hard to kind of see, but on, on the left and on the right, there are people that are praying, the, the leadership, and I'm sure the pastors and people were walking through it, and you could just see people like laying out on that. I'm sure that that it took something for these students to get up from where they were, right? And to walk down to the front, right? And to and to get themselves in this place where they were like looking at all of these people standing and saying they're fixing to pray over me and then looking ahead and seeing, oh my gosh, people are falling out everywhere. And they maybe they had a choice. I, ha- I highly doubt that they would have went up there and probably would have, have drug, you know, Izzy down and say, I don't care whether you want to do it or not. You're going through this and just dragging her through the, the fire tunnel. I don't believe they would have done that to any of the students that would have been there. But they would have had a choice to press in to that place. Because, see, that's the beautiful thing about God is that he is a God that gives us opportunities. He gives us free will. He gives us chances. He gives us the ability to make our choices. He gives you the ability whether to press in or he gives you the uh, ability to just press out. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's an expectation as Joel preached on Wednesday night. It's an expectation that, that has to come from inside of us. Now, us as pastors, we can, we, we know that things start at the head, that we have to, we have to be passionate. We have to, we have to press in in our time. We have to, 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 to be prayed up, but we can do everything that we can do. And it's your responsibility as you come in as a body of believers and we come in as, as in unity, in one accord, to be able to be really begin to see incredible signs and wonders happening here. 
signs and wonders. Come on, don't you want to see signs and wonders in this place? Don't you want to see addicts come off of the street? Come on and come into this place and be healed and be made whole and get off of addictions. Don't you want to see the lame be able to walk? Do you want to see those that 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 are going to hell and walk in here in the very presence of God will will draw them because we're pressing in. We're pressing in. We're pushing in. We're pulling in to say, what do we want? What do we want? I don't know. When I came here, I'm going to know that when I leave here at CCAM, I want to know that I have been to church and I have seen the face of God. And then when I walk out of here, that I'm prepared, that I am ready to face whatever it is that happens at my job, whatever that happens in my school, whatever happens in the parking lot, whatever happens in my home, that somehow I have pressed in and I have gotten what God has been offering. Offering all along. So what I want us to do is I want us to really begin to just start a shift inside of our mind, a shift inside of our spirit, a, a change. And I want to look real quick at some scriptures um, that we're going to go to. The first one that I want to look at is in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. And this is going to be the basis of where we're at. And I want to read it out of the Passion Translation. Because I just love how the wording is that's in that. It's more of like my language, you know what I mean? Like speaking to me, what up? So here it is. It says, ask and the gift is yours. Ask and the gift is yours. Seek and you're going to discover. Knock and that door is going to be open for you. For every persistent one, for everyone, persistent one will get what he asked for. For every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. I want to tell you the difference of what it looks like when you live a life that is pressed in. When you live a life that is pressed in, you are passionate. You are passionate about taking hold of the power of God. You are passionate that there is a persistent attitude, a mindset with action and with word that gets things accomplished within the body of Christ. I can look at it and I can give you an example. We, at the beginning of of CCAM, when it all starts, we had a a, uh, purpose to deal with the hunger in Webster Parish, right? It, It starts with the concept. And it could have been a great concept until someone decided to get a plan and to figure out how can we press in to what God wants us to do to solve a problem. So there has been persistent. Come on, there has been persistent. There has been urgent. There has been uh, uh, a thirst to drive out need in this place, and we have seen the fruit. We have seen the harvest of that. Amen? We have seen the harvest of that. And so why can't that be done in the Spirit? Come on, why can't that be a place that is just as persistent and just as hunger for the things of God that we would be able to see? Come on, things that would happen here at CCAM that we would walk out and go, oh my God, I cannot believe I just saw an arm grow out. I just saw someone that I thought never, never would be able to, 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 to find peace and to, and to, and to find restoration and they are walking free. Man, there are things that are going on in this place because we are pressing in 
to what God would have. You know, Jesus gave us an example in one of the scriptures. He gave us an example in one of the parables. And I want to just break it down to you in my, in, in, in the, in the way that I read it, that I could see it, that it could happen now. The, Jesus began to tell, uh, a story about, um, uh, that, that there was a, some people that lived in a house, and I'm just going to say it, it was Angela Sandlin's house. <laughs> and so the, Angela and Michael and uh, Mikey and uh, Miss B and Mr. David, they're all asleep. It's late at night. It's late. And so they're, they're tired. They're asleep. They've gone to bed. And all of a sudden, uh, they hear something at the door. And Pastor Ginger's at their door, and she's knocking at their door. And she's hollering out to them, hey, hey. Angela, I need you to wake up. Michael, I need y'all to come to the door. And you could just imagine in their house, they're in a dead sleep, and all of a sudden they're probably looking at one another and going, God, is that Pastor Ginger? What What in the world? It is 3 o'clock in the morning. What is she doing knocking on my door at 3 o'clock in the morning? What in the world is she doing? Has she lost her mind? Oh, my gosh. There must be something really, really important that's happening. And so you can you imagine that they get up and they come to the door, and I am banging. I've even gone to the windows. I'm saying, come on. I need you to come to the door. I need you to come here. I need something from you. And I can just imagine Angela waking up, you know, and her hair just sticking up everywhere and walking up to the door, you know, and Mikey's going, what in? the world and I'm standing there and I say listen Angela Laura and Philip and the kids they've shown up at my house and I don't have anything to feed them and we all know Angela right the woman can cook she is Abigail you know I know she's probably got 14 racks of lamb in her freezer she's probably got six or seven casseroles she's got something that she can just whip up in a heartbeat right so I'm like listen Philip and the kids they've all come to my house I have nothing to eat can I please will you please give me some food to take care of my visitors. And she's probably thinking, Ginger, you know there's a Walmart that's open 24 hours a day, right? That there's got to be other sources, you know, that's out there. You know, but because she loves me and she was like, oh my gosh, I'll let Philip and Lord, yes, let me sew. And I could just imagine Angela running in and saying, Pastor Ginger needs food. Come on, open up that freezer. Here, what do you need? Here's a rack of lamb. Here's a couple of casseroles. Look, I baked a cake, you know, two days ago. Here's half of the cake. Take it. And give it to me to go and to be able to do. Well, Jesus told this parable. He told this exact same story. And he begins to tell us in, uh, in Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 5 through 10. So let's see how he told it. That's my version of it. Don't y'all think Angela would help me out? Is there anybody in here, if I came to your house at 3 o'clock in the morning, you would not open the door for me? Anybody? Devin's like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> He's like, hey, no, don't come to my house. Oh, I'd come to Jody's, wouldn't we? I would so come to Jody's. And she would be like, well, let me go down to the store and let me see. I got some chocolate pies. And she'd probably be up about 3 o'clock anywhere or close to getting up, right? But is there anybody that if I came to your door and I'm begging and I'm knocking, that y'all would look at me and say, I'm, uh, go, go turn the porch light off. Pastor Ginger's knocking at the door. Don't go to the door. Don't go to the door. I don't think there's anybody in here. I hope not. Selfish humans. I hope you would take care of me in my hour of need. So this is what Jesus said. He said, then Jesus gave this illustration. He said, imagine what would happen if you would go to one of your friends in the middle of the night and you pound on the door and you shout, please, can you have some food that you can spare? A friend just arrived at my house unexpectedly and I have nothing to serve him. But your friend says, why are you bothering me? See, Angela wouldn't do this. The door's locked. My family and I are all in bed. Do you expect me to get up and to give you our food? 
But listen, because of your shameless impudence, even though it's in the middle of the night, your friend will get up out of his bed and will give you all that you need, right? So it is with your prayers. Come on. So it is with your prayers. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll discover. Knock and on heaven's door and it will one day open for you. For every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Woo, glory, glory, hallelujah. One day it would be. You have to realize to press in. Come on, we got to stop with this complacent kind of prayers. You got to stop with this lifestyle of a whimper and a whisper and a whine. <laughs> Come on, a whisper. Oh, Jesus. I need something from you. Or a whine. Don't you even hate a whine? Oh my gosh. You know, I taught years all this time. I couldn't stand a whiny kid. Oh, Miss Ginger, he bothered my blogs. And I'm not happy. I just want to say, I would just say, stop, stop, stop. I'm not listening. I'm not listening to that voice. Use your big boy voice, your big girl voice, and then I will discuss with you. Jesus don't want to hear your whine. He don't want to hear your whisper. He doesn't want to hear your your whimper. <laughs> you know, it's just it's hard. No, we need persistent Pressing in, persistent, bold, urgent, declaring that I'm going to leave this place coming with an expectation that I'm going to get what God is offering, that I'm going to knock, I'm going to keep knocking, I'm not going to stop, I'm not going to be quiet, I'm going to be bold, I'm going to be loud, and I'm going to keep on, and I'm going to keep on, and I'm going to keep on, and I'm going to keep on until guess what? I get what I asked for. According to his word, I'm getting what I asked for. He also talks about another pressing in. Let's look over here at Luke 18. And we're going to go in verses 1 through 8. Now, this story is about a widow who had a grievancy. And she went before a judge. And she said that, The Lord said, you know, he he began to talk to the apostles about keep praying, never stop, don't lose hope. And he shared with them this. Let's look at this real quick. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who was thick-skinned and godless man who had no fear of others' opinion. I kind of wonder if that's that's a, could be Charles, you know, that he's just, you know, he's like, I don't care about what other opinions think. He's he's thick-skinned, I kind of like that big dark, you know, and then, and a judge is, you know, a, a good judge, you know, that, that is going to do what is right. But since there was this poor widow in that town who just kept pleading with the judge, said, grant me justice, protect me from my oppressors, help me, help me, help me. Well, he ignored her pleas for quite some time, but she just kept on asking. And eventually he said to himself, you know, this widow, she just keeps annoying me. Look, I want to be annoying to the father. I want to get there. He said, you have annoyed me to no end. I have heard you. I have listened to you. You are annoying. It says that this widow keeps annoying me, demanding her rights. And I'm tired of listening to her. Even though I'm not a religious man and I don't care about the opinions of others, I'll just get off my back by, I'll get her off my back by answering her claims for justice and I'll rule in her favor. So maybe then she'll leave me alone. So the Lord continued. He said, did you hear what that ungodly judge said? 
that he would answer her persistent request? Don't you know that God, the true judge, come on, will grant justice to all of his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day. He will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay to answer you and give you what you've asked for. Oh, persistent. Come on, pressing in. Demanding. Annoying. Come on. I like that. I can be so annoying. And I know that my prayers sometimes just get on your last nerves. But if you even knew, that's not even one-tenth of what I do by myself, in the car, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, on my on the floor. I pray annoyingly for you. I pray and I demand and I knock and I keep on and I keep on until he just gets so sick and tired of hearing me that he just says, grant it, let it be, be done unto you. Come on. That we press, we press, we press in, we press in, we press in. Come on. Woo, passionate people take hold of it. They take hold of it. I saw it last week in YFN. I saw it. I heard about it. I've heard, I saw it. And, and, and it's probably nothing like when they were there. I can't even imagine all the things that God implanted in this group of kids, these young men and women of God, that we, it's, it's eternal. Can I hear, can you, can you listen to me? It's eternal. It's your future. It's your purpose. It's your passion. It's what God's called and created you to do. That it's what he set you apart to do. That he encountered you. And you had the boldness to press in. I heard that when they would go in uh, in the morning, uh, when, they, when they would open up the doors, they would say, the doors are open. And they would take off running. Am I right? Did y'all take off running to get a spot? To get a spot at the altar. And they didn't want to leave because if they left, they would lose their spot. I mean, come on, that's pressing in, isn't it? That's pressing in, getting in through the door. I just want to get up there. I just got to get, because you know, that's where all the good stuff is. Ooh, that's where the Holy Ghost is moving. That's where it's at. It's at that altar. It's in that good place. It's in there in that worship time. It's in that worship. How many of you do, do you remember the first time that, that if you grew, if you grew up in a charismatic church, I, I think about like Joel, Joel down here, he's just worshiping and he's high fine. He's, I prayed, I, went, I was praying in powerhouse and I look over and I prayed for him. And he goes, whoa, you, pat, you, you threw me out. And he laid out on the floor like I had prayed for him. And I just slained him out. <laughs> him and Asher, you know, they, they worship. They have no problem lifting up their hands. And some of us may have grown up within that, but some of us may have grown up in a mainline denomination church, right? How many of you remember the first time that you ever lifted your hands? Oh, man, it's kind of, it was, it was something, you know what I mean? The first time I ever like lifted my hands in worship, I was kind of like, hold the TV, you know? And then I got real bold. Then I got real bold and I started answering the question, you know? (laughs) And then somewhere along the note, I pressed in. I just pressed in and all of a sudden I didn't care about the opinions of others. I didn't care what anybody else thought. I had an audience of one person and I was pressing into his presence and I was there and it was like, here I am. Pick me, choose me. Come on. Here I am, Lord. 
I'm going to, all I got to do is praise you, Lord. All I got to do is worship. All I got to do is just be still in your presence. I'm pressing in to you. I'm pressing in to you. Persistent. We were in Mexico and, uh, We went, um, we were up there and we were ministering and the church was packed at our sister church down there. And I remember Paul made this comment. He stood up and he goes, he stood up and he goes, okay, whatever, you know, whatever he was ministering on. He just said, if you want to encounter God in a deeper, more powerful way, I want you to come and he didn't even get the sentence out. And when I tell you, it looked like a sea of people. They got up. Do you remember that, Paul? They got up and they ran to the front. And we were just like, we were like trying to get out of the way because they were pressing in. They were on top of one another. And Paul said, go get them. And so we, we like, we like jumping off and we're like just going and we're just like praying for people. And people are just like, oh my gosh. And man, you could just, you could just feel the energy. The energy, the charging up as they began to flow to the altars. They begin to come to the altar. Do you know that wasn't on us? That was an expectation on their hearts. That was an ex- expectation on them to get up and to come and to say, Okay, God, I am pressing in to what you're offering today. I'm pressing in to what you need to do today. My heart is, is ready. My heart is available. So I'm going to press in to what you need me to do. You cannot look anywhere in this word of God where you do not see anyone who has done anything great for God that they didn't press in. You can't find any place in the word of God for anyone who made a difference in this world where they didn't press in. They didn't press in. You think about the woman with the issue of blood. Come on, she pressed into that crowd. She elbowed her way. She maneuvered. She commanded. She got down like a G.I. Joe. She went up over and under until she could just touch the hem of his garment. And she got what she came for. Come on, there was a, there, there's a story in the Bible that's found in Matthew 15. And it's about a Canaanite woman. It's a Canaanite woman. And this Canaanite woman was not supposed to be in the place where Jesus was. She was a Gentile. She was considered less. Come on, she was considered to be... Uh, uh, shunned she was of a lower class she was she wasn't supposed to be talking to the sadducees and the pharisees she was she was a canaanite woman but it didn't stop her she'd heard about jesus and she needed something from jesus (laughs) see there's a desperation that comes in pressing maybe you ain't never been there maybe you've never been desperate maybe you've never been so desperate because of something that was going on in your body or something that was going on in your marriage or something that was going on in your children. Maybe you had never been in that place. But if you've ever been in that place, you know what I'm talking about. There's a desperation that says that I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get into his presence. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get there. And so this Canaan woman comes and she just begins to start calling out to him. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Save my daughter, save my daughter, have mercy. Mercy. And, and, it, and, and you know, and I've, I've said this to y'all over and over and over. It's not that Jesus doesn't care about what we go through. It's not that he doesn't care about what you're dealing with. Because as a parent, come on, we, we care about what happens to our kids, right? 
you can't compare and say, oh, God just doesn't care about my, my need. He doesn't care about the things I'm dealing with. Of course, he cares about what you're dealing with. But can I tell you that what he cares about more, what are you doing when you're walking through it? What are you doing when you're going through it? What are you doing when you're dealing with it? That's what he's, that's what is, is the most important thing to him. And he proves it in these scriptures. Here's this Canaanite woman and she's crying out to Jesus. And do you know what Jesus did? The scripture says that he ignored her. He ignored her. Oh, have you ever been ignored? (laughs) Have you ever been talking to one of your kids? And they just ignore you. Does that not make you, does that just not make your blood run? It makes my blood run cold. If I, if I say something to one of my children and I'm like, hey, um, Joel, because he's not here, I can say it. Hey, Joel, um, I, just ignore me. And I'm like, oh, I will not be ignored. <laughs> Hello, right? <laughs> now, this woman had an, uh, uh, she had a choice at this point. Jesus ignores her. So she could have very easily gotten offended and said, he is ignoring me. I'm not going to waste my time on him because he's not even paying any attention. He could have, she could have gotten in that place, but you know what she did? Oh, she just dug in a little bit deeper, right? She put her feet in there a little bit deeper and she said, oh, she looked at him and she says, have mercy, have mercy. I need something. My daughter. My daughter is demon-possessed, and I need you to show up. I need you to do something, Jesus. And so she just kept getting louder and louder. So the word says that the apostles looked at him, and they said, Why are you ignoring this woman? She keeps crying out to you, and you just keep ignoring her. And Jesus reprimands her. He says to her, basically, I haven't come to the lost sheep. I've only come to the lost sheep. I've not come to those that are not part of who I have been called to at this moment. Reprimands her, ignores her, reprimands her, belittles her. Come on. This is crazy to me that Jesus hears a person that's crying out. But remember what I said. Sometimes it's not about what you're going through. It's about what you're doing when you're going through it. Hallelujah. So here it is. She, but she looks at him even through the reprimand. She still jumps in. He reprimands her and he says, I have come for my people and you are not my people. And do you know what she did? She was persistent, Pastor Angel. She looked at him and she said, well, do you know what? Even the puppies and the dogs eat from the crumbs from the master's table. I'll take whatever little bit that you can just throw out on the side. That's pressing in. That's pressing in. That's looking at it and saying, yeah, you're right. I may not belong at the master's table. You're right. I may not be one of the chosen ones. But let me tell you, I'll just take whatever crumb you can throw on the ground and it'll be enough. One crumb from the master's table is all that I need, Jesus. And he looked at her and he said, I have not found so great a faith anywhere than what this Canaanite woman is doing. Good gosh. And we've recorded it for history, eternity. That Canaanite woman, not only did she get what she needed, but she proved something to all of us. She, her actions, her persistent pressing in to get what she needed. Even though he ignored her, even though he reprimanded her, even though he probably embarrassed her, she didn't care. 
Look, the opinions of others, you're going to have to at some point in your life, being a Christian, being like Jesus, you're going to have to get over the opinions of others. Young people, you're fixing to go into school. And trust me, it is not a great opinion to do it Jesus' way. If anybody wants to tell you different, they are just feeding you a big plate of fried fried bologna. (laughs) It's not easy. But at some point in your life, you've got to learn what it looks like, what it feels like, and how to press in. If you want any victory in your life, come on. If you want to live a life full of pleasing the Father. You know, the Bible says that, he tells us in Hebrews that to those of us that believe, we must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And the only way we please him is if we knock. The only way we please him is when we press in. The only way that we please him is that when we choose to do it his way. So the opinions of others, come on, at some point, you got to, you got to lay that down. Because there's always going to be a critic. There's always going to be someone who's going to be judging how you do it and what you do and how you say it. And, and there's always going to be this, these huge amount of critics. Or people who want to make fun of you. If you want to be anything like him, anything like Jesus, be prepared for it. Be be prepared for the world to look at you and think that you have lost your mind. That you have no idea what you're talking about. That you have no idea that you have just, that you have become what the world would look like as weak. But what we know is that we become strong when we lay our life down and we submit to him. And we say, I just want to do it your way. I just want to press in. I just want to press in. I just want to touch your garment. I just want to get into your presence. I just want to hear. And guess what? I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to kick the door if I have to. I'm going to get, if my if my hands get bloody from beating it, then I'm going to go and I'm going to cut a tree limb. And I'm going to take that limb and I'm going to beat that door. And I'm going to be louder than anybody else. I'm going to be, I'm going to be bolder than anybody else. That is the mindset. That is the place that we as a body of believers are needing to get to. Come on. That it has to be something that starts inside each and every one of you. There has to be something inside of you that says, yes, I want to worship him. I want to worship him. And I want to shut out the noise. If just for a few moments, I just got to shut out the noise. I got to shut out the, 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 the things that the enemy has done this week. The things that the enemies are trying to do. And I just need to knock in this moment. I just need to worship in this moment. I just need to be in this place where I listen to him and I hear from him. I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Um, I'm going to get Stephen, if I'll come in and... Let's, um, let's take just a few minutes to press in. Thank you. Cam, can you move that? So Wednesday night we got to pray and we got to anoint. Some of you weren't here, um, and weren't 